myocardial ischemia or heart disease. The spectrum of diseases consisting of stable angina, unstable angina, non-ST elevated MI, ST elevated MI. They can be further explained based on the duration of chest pain, the, the normality of cardiac enzymes, pain at rest, and the ECG at rest. Stable angina has a duration of chest pain for 2 to 10 minutes. The cardiac enzymes are normal and there is no pain at rest and ECG at rest is normal. Unstable angina has duration of chest pain for 20 minutes. The cardiac enzymes are normal. There is pain at rest and there is ST depression seen at the ECG at rest except in Prince metal angina. The duration of chest pain in non-ST elevated MI is 20 to 30 minutes. The cardiac enzymes are increased, there's, rest, there's pain at rest, and ST depression on ECG. ST elevated MI has pain greater than 30 minutes, cardiac enzymes are elevated, pain is present at rest, and ECG at rest shows ST elevation. Non-ST elevated MI involves the subendocardial region, whereas STM, ST elevated MI is transmural. The causes or risk factors of coronary artery disease can be divided into atherosclerotic and non-atherosclerotic. Under atherosclerotic risk factors, increase in total cholesterol or increase in LDL cholesterol, diabetes, obesity, hypertension, smoking, and sedentary lifestyle. Under non-atherosclerotic risk factors, it can be again divided into vascular causes and non-vascular causes. In vascular causes, we have vasculitis such as Kawasaki and Takayasu, infections like H. pylori, chlamydia, and syphilis, where there's fibrosis of the osteum and syphilis, connective tissue disorders like SLE and rheumatoid arthritis, and congenital vascular malformations. In non-vascular causes, we have sickle cell anemia, we have left ventricular, left atrial thrombus, drugs like cocaine. Symptoms of CAD The most common symptom is chest pain. It's retrocedural in origin, duration for greater than 20 minutes, and the pain radiates to the left shoulder trapezius. Factors decreasing the pain in MI are none. In angina, the sublingual nitrate can decrease the pain, and if it's pleuritis, lying down on the opposite side can decrease pain. There's a variant known as lilent MI where, the pain, where there's no pain. The mechanism could be autonomic dysfunction, such as diabetes or elderly. There are some signs known as angina equivalent signs, which include unexplained sweating, palpitations, SOB, and sense of impending doom. The presence of these signs can also indicate the patient is having MI. The signs that can be appreciated are the most common sign is Levine sign, where a patient is holding his palm or fist against the retrosternum. The pulse can be bradycardia if inferior wall MI and tachycardia if anterior wall MI. JVP may be elevated in the case of right ventricular MI which leads to right ventricular failure. Kusumal sign can be appreciated where on JVP A wave is increased and Y wave is low. The effects can be diffuse. On auscultation, S1 is soft, S2 if right ventricular wall MI is involved, there will be a late P2, which includes a white split. And if left ventricular wall MI is there, there will be a late A2, 
showing the pyroxical split. S3 is positive, indicative of ventricular failure, be it right ventricle or left ventricle, and S4 is also positive due to stiffness of ventricles. Here, S4 is more common than S3. Sometimes a pericardial drop, which is due to acute pericarditis, can occur due to spread of transmural inflammation to the pericardium. In such cases, we have to stop the thrombolytic therapy, otherwise the hemorrhage, hemorrhage, which is hemorrhagic cardiac tamponade, can occur. Occasionally, a murmur, which is resembling an acute MR, can be also heard. This can occur due to the rupture of posterior medial papillary muscle. Coming to investigations. The enzymes can help us diagnose MI. We have enzymes like myoglobin, creatinine phosphate, kinase, MB variant, troponin I, troponin T and SGOT. Myoglobin is a non-specific indicator. It takes 3 hours to rise and 24 hours to return to normal. CPKMB takes 6 hours to rise and 72 hours to come back to normal. Troponin I or T takes 6 hours to rise and 10 to 14 days to return to normal, whereas SGOT takes 8 to 12 hours to rise and 10 to 14 days to return to normal. CPKMB can detect reinfarct between 3 to 10 days. The essential criteria for definition of MI is increase in troponin. Coming to ECG, we may get tall T waves, which is an earliest sign of MI. It is due to leakage of potassium from the intracellular to the extracellular. The released potassium stimulates IKR channel. We also get ST elevation in case of transmural infarcts, where there is a current of injury towards the infarct segment. That segment is ST elevated and in the opposite wall, where there will be ST depression because of the reciprocal change in the opposite wall lead. We may also get J-point elevation, which is greater than 1 mm and greater than 2 contiguous leads, which represent the same wall. So, for example, in males, we look at greater than 2 mm or females greater than 1.5 mm in V2, V3. Now, coming to ST depression can also be seen due to subendocardial MI. The significant ST depression is greater than 0.5 mm in greater than 2 contiguous leads. We can also get T wave inversion when it's depressed greater than 0.5 mm due to ischemic zone around the infarct. And Q waves due to decrosis, which is electrically silent part of the segment. And pathological Q wave can be said when the depth is greater than 25% of the R wave which indicate necrosis. It can all be seen by the width of the Q wave greater than 1 mm or any Q wave in V1 to V3. The location of the, uh, the, location of the leads will help us coming to the location of the MI. When the anterior septum is supplied by the left anterior descending artery, the septal branch, which is showed by the leads V1, V2 for the anterior septum. The anterior wall of left ventricle is supplied by left anterior descending artery and is shown by the leads V2, V3, V4.
The left lateral wall is supplied by left circumflex artery, sub, which is shown by the leads V5, V6, and the anterolateral septal wall, which is the entire anterior, lateral, and the septal wall together, is supplied together mainly by the left main coronary artery, which is shown by the leads V1, V2, V3, V4, V5, V6. The inferior wall MI is supplied by right coronary artery and is shown by the leads 2, 3 and AVF. And if the inferior wall associated with right ventricular MI which is involved by same right coronary artery and shown by the leads 2, 3, AVF and reverse of V4. Posterior wall MI is supplied by the posterior descending artery shown by the leads V7, V8, V9 or reciprocal changes in V1 to V4. Superior lateral wall MI supplied by the left circumflex artery is shown by the leads 1, AVL. MI can be differentiated from acute myocarditis with the following differences. Chest pain is present in both. Enzymes are, are going to be elevated and shown changes in both. ST elevation can be seen in both. The site of ST elevation is the difference here. In MI, it's, it's elevated only in specific leads, whereas in acute myocarditis, all leads are showing ST elevation. The reciprocal changes are seen in MI, whereas acute myocarditis, there are no reciprocal changes. And the rise of CPK is very particular in MI, where it rises at 6 hours and comes back to normal within 72 hours, whereas in acute myocarditis, it rises at 6 hours and continues to stay in a plateau-like fashion at 72 hours. Coming to the treatment of MI, we can discuss them based on the drugs, their role and the contraindications. First drug is aspirin. We use a low, it is a low-dose antiplatelet drug, which is used in all MI. The only contraindication is prior hypersensitivity. For acute MI, we use a dose of 162 to 325 milligrams. It is non enteric coated such that buccal absorption is increased and followed by it is given by a maintenance dose of 81 milligrams for lifelong. Then there is clopidogrel. It can be given along with aspirin or can be given to patients who are allergic to aspirin. The dose depends on the age. Less than 75 years, we give 300 milligrams, and greater than 75 years, we give 75 milligrams. The duration of usage is still one year if given along with aspirin and lifelong if allergic to aspirin. We can give oxygen to all patients for the initial 6 hours and we can continue it if the oxygen saturation is less than 90. Morphine 3 mg IV can be given. The role over here is tax a venodilator and decreases preload. It is the analgesic of choice in MI. It is contraindicated in right ventricular wall MI because in this we need the preload to be maintained in right ventricular wall MI. Next, beta blockers. Metoprolol 5mg IV every 5 minutes for 3 days followed by oral metoprolol can be given. This decreases demand and it also acts as a prophylaxis for arrhythmias. The contraindications are for bronchial asthma if PR interval greater than 0.24 seconds and in cardiogenic shock. Next we have nitrates. The nitrates act as venodilator and decrease preload. So it decreases demand 
and causes coronary vasodilation and can be used for hypertension also. The contraindication is right wall, right ventricular wall MI. Then we have ACE inhibitors. It is given in all patients for the first 48 hours and can be continued later if the patient is hypertensive. The main purpose of giving ACE inhibitor is it inhibits remodeling of the heart. The contraindication of ACE inhibitors are if serum potassium is greater than 5.5, bilateral renal artery stenosis in pregnancy. Thrombolysis can be done. It can be done if the patient is present within less than 12 hours with ST elevation or if the door balloon time is greater than 120 minutes or if PCI facility is not available. The absolute contraindications are ischemic stroke within 3 months, hemorrhagic stroke that are occurring any time before, brain AV malformation, closed head injury within 3 months, any malignant brain tumor, suspected aortic dissection, patient having active bleeding, intraspinal surgery within 2 months. The drugs that can be used are tenecteplase and treteplase are used in bolus, whereas atepase and streptokinase are used in infusion form. The side effects of doing thrombolysis are it can lead to a reperfusion arrhythmia or hemorrhagic shock. The most common cause of death after using a thrombolytic agent is reperfusion arrhythmia. Next, PCI can be done. It is contraindicated if the left main coronary artery is involved and stent is not introduced in such cases. It is the treatment of choice. PCI is the treatment of choice. The door balloon time should be less than 90 minutes. It can be done as a primary PCI where there is no prior thrombolysis and can be done as rescue PCI when thrombolysis failure has happened and thus failure of reperfusion in less than 90 minutes. When GP2B3A inhibitors are used, such as apsiximab, which inhibits plated aggregation. It is used in unstable angina, non-ST elevated MI, and if thrombolysis is not done. Antithrombolytic agents such as heparin can be given 4 hours after thrombolysis. It is given to all patients when thrombolysis is not done, unstable angina, or non-ST elevated MI, and ST elevated MI if thrombolysis is contraindicated. The role is to prevent DVT in non-ambulatory areas such as greater than 3 days or large anterior wall MI such as that to prevent a left, a left ventricular thrombus. Calcium channel blockers, non-DHP variants can be used in ST elevated MI if beta blockers are contraindicated. can also be used in unstable angina, non-ST elevated MI as an add-on therapy for nitrates for chest pain. It is contraindicated if the PR interval is greater than 0.24 seconds. Complications of MI it can be divided into acute complications and chronic complications. In acute complications, there can be arrhythmia, which can be the most common cause of early death. Arrhythmia can occur due to ventricular fibrillation. This happens if the resting membrane potential is negative due to high potassium outside the cell, that is due to leakage of potassium from the dead myocardial cell, or due to inhibition of sodium-potassium ATPase channel. Then there can be acute pericarditis due to spread of the transpiral infarct to the pericardium. It leads to hemorrhage in the pericardium if patient is on thrombolysis treatment and this further leads to cardiac tamponade. There can be cardiogenic shock if the SPP is less than 80 mm of mercury for greater than 30 minutes plus cardiac index less than 2.2 liter per minute per meter square plus hyperperfusion. 
Killip classification for MI is used to detect the prognosis of the condition. The staging is from 1, 2, 3, 4, good being 1 and worst being 4. In grade 1, we get no S3, no Krebs in lungs. In grade 2, we get S3 and Krebs less than 10 cm of the chest from base is involved. And grade 3, if S3 is present and Krebs greater than 10 cm of the chest. And grade 4, if it's in cardiogenic shock, which means there's 85% mortality. There can be mechanical complications such as a rupture, and the rupture can be present in various locations. There might be rupture of the ventricular free wall. This is more common in the left ventricle than the right ventricle. And it can present to us hypotension or electromechanical dissociation. There can be papillary muscle rupture, which can present as acute MR or acute pulmonary edema. There can be septal rupture, presenting as a pan-systolic murmur. Now in chronic complications, we have breathless syndrome, which is a hypersensitivity reaction which can occur 1-4 to four weeks later after the acute event, which is pneumonitis, pleuritis and pericarditis. There can be ventricular aneurysm, which presents as a double epical pulse with persistent ST elevation. It can be true or false. In true, the entire myocardial wall is involved. It is a broad base and there is decreased risk of rupture, whereas a pseudoaneurysm involves only the pericardium and it, it presents as an organized thrombus with a narrow base and has a high risk of rupture. There can be ischemic cardiomyopathy that can occur due to remodeling of the of the heart. To summarize, the universal definition of MI includes the essential criteria of elevation of troponin and then greater than 99% of upper limit plus, the plus any of the following criteria ischemic chest pain, STT changes, a new onset of left bundle branch block, pathological Q wave, and echo evidence of regional wall abnormality, thrombus in the coronary, which can be detected by angiography or by autopsy. Then types of MI. Type 1 is the most common, which is also known as spontaneous MI, which is due to the rupture of atheromatous plaque. Type 2 is due, to dis is due to the mismatch between the demand and supply, which is seen in hypotension or arrhythmia or anemia. Type 3 is sudden cardiac death, where there is arrest within one hour of the primary event. Here, the troponin was normal or sample was not taken, or anyone can be there where there can be ischemic symptoms, STT changes or new LBBB, or coronary thrombus, which can be detected by angiography or autopsy. And type 4 is PCI-related. Here, troponin is greater than 5 times the 99th percentile of the upper limit plus any of the following such as ischemic pain, ECG, new STT changes or L left bundle brachial branch, talk, and echo showing regional wall abnormality. And lastly, type 5 which is CABG related. Here, troponin levels are 10 times the 99th percentile of upper limit plus ECG, echo or angiography changes. Now coming to unstable angina. Angina of recent onset, which is of 4 to 6 weeks duration, angina at rest, and crescendo angina. Now coming to non-ST elevated MI. It is an unstable angina plus elevated enzymes. So how do we go about in STEM 
So in STEMI, first we look for, which is ST elevated MI, we look for BP. The BP is normal, we go for PCI or thrombolysis. The BP is low, we look for Krebs. If Krebs are present, we use an intraortic balloon pulsation, which temporarily increases BP, followed by which we can continue PCI or thrombolysis. And if there are no Krebs, which include which which means right ventricular wall MI, the treatment is PCR thrombolysis, and then we also have to give IV fluids to increase preload. Now coming to treatment of unstable angina non-ST elevated MI, here we use a triple therapy for using an aspirin, nitrates, and beta blockers. If it's refractory to the first of the three triple therapy, then we use an add-on drug of calcium channel blockers of non-DHP variant. And definitely, we can use antithrombotic drugs such as heparin and GB2B3C inhibitors. The indications of PCI in unstable angina are if left ventricular ejection fraction is less than 40%, if recurrent symptoms occur despite medical treatment, and prior PCI less than 6 months to, to rule out any renal stenosis, and any ventricular ectopics, and any non-STMI patient. Thank you.